All right, we are live. Well, we have a great another edition of our weekly Wednesday Lunch and Learn. Uh, today, I'm delighted from with two different groups of uh, realtors and builders across the country. We have Jamie that's out of LA. Do you want to do an intro first about your background, the areas you cover, and uh, how long you've been in the business? Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Jamie Tian. I'm from Los Angeles. Um, I work with Rodeo Realty, and um, I sell residential real estate in Los Angeles and Orange Counties. And um, a little bit of background about myself. I've been in the business since 2012. Um, I started in the business when I was um, actually 20 years old. Um, I was actually doing my last year at my undergrad at UCLA. I was studying environmental science at the time. And um, I was working at a law firm as a legal assistant and um, part-time during school. And I was planning to go to law school to study environmental law. Um, after I finished my LSATs and my law school applications, I just decided to get my real estate license. So um, I had always gone to open houses with my parents when I was little. I loved watching Million Dollar Listing, honestly. And I was like, I can do that. And I was living in Westwood, surrounded by Beverly Hills, Bel Air, Brentwood. And you know, I saw all these beautiful homes. and I was like, I just want to get my license and see what I can do. Um, so I got my license and I jumped right into it and I joined Rodeo Realty and I closed two deals before I graduated from college. Um, it was really exciting for me. And at the time I had, you know, gotten acceptances to a couple of law schools. And over the summer I had to make a decision if I was going to go to law school or, for, or if I was going to stay in real estate. So finally at the last minute, I decided to um, go ahead and stay in real estate and um, not choose the law school path. And here I am, you know, eight years later. Um, in 2017, I was named one of the 30 under 30 by the National Association of Realtors. And um, yeah, my career has kind of um, been a crazy, um, I don't know how to explain it, but crazy story from the beginning to the end. But um, yeah. That's been an amazing ride. And then definitely a lot of questions about the area that you encompass, especially on million dollar listings. So we'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, and Gene and Wagner, can you guys do an intro of how, how long you've guys been in the business? And also that the concept of teams, um, while there are some out there, there's not too many. So I'd love to hear how you guys decided to work together. Well, Spencer, as you know, I've been doing this. Uh, I got my real estate license in 1979. Okay, so that's a long time ago. And as my partner Wagner will tell you, it's kind of interesting. I have a long perspective of what's going on, and I don't get too too upset about anything. Maybe a little microphone here, or you know, the latte's not right, but the world just keeps going. It will be fine. So in uh, about year 2000, 2001, my uh, oldest son, Tom, was graduating from college and he called me and I was living in, uh, in the uh, Caribbean. And he said, Mom, you have to come home. We need a family business. So I said, what? You know, I, I'm just hanging out here. It was 20 years ago. And he said, no, no, Mom, you got to come home. We're going to need a family business. So I moved to well, the Orlando, the greater Orlando area from South Florida, where I'd always done my real estate. And I started in about 2001, 2002. And um, just my license was always good. I worked and I started working um, the area, which is central Florida. Very new, very nice. Lots of people, average age 37. So um, as, as it turned out, 
I started buying houses and selling them. And every time I'd fix one up and sell it, I'd sell four more. Well, I liked it. My son liked it. And we got to be um, involved with some of the uh, larger um, investments groups throughout the United States. So Florida has always been one of the best places to invest um, the last 20 years, only because we have oh, we're what I call cheap and cheerful. So here in Florida for $250,000, you can have an 1,800 square foot house, four bedrooms, two baths on a quarter of an acre, and you can have a, a pool too. So you go and you translate that into California. I mean, LA is ridiculous, but you tra translate that into California, it's a million and a half dollars. So now what's happened is that I met these groups and you know we help people throughout the United States and some places outside of the United States invest in Florida. And so the average investment that we try to keep people in is something that cash flows well. So all of our investments cash flow well, and um, they uh, with a 20% down, even sometimes people put 15% down if they really just want to accumulate a lot. That with the interest rates now, which is a historically low hist uh, interest rate, um, is it just makes it's so easy and so wonderful. And this 30-year fixed loan, I can't tell people enough. Get your hands on them. If you're going to invest and you're going to borrow, don't borrow for, for any other reason than to buy bricks and mortar. Because that 30-year fixed loan right now, with 20% down for an investor, 4.25%. Uh, that's pretty good. Because you can understand if you have it for 30 years, that's 2050. Do you think that the interest rates might go like this? Yes, but you'll always be at that uh, 4.23. So you buy a house, you let somebody else pay for it, and you know you can accumulate quite a few. So we have nine builders that work with us. Wagner's going to tell you a little bit about that. We have nine builders that work for us or with us, and um, they build us houses. They don't have to have a, a marketing team. They don't have to have anything. They don't have to even have a model. So it plus keeps their costs down. And it, we translate that into equity for our investors of ten to thirty thousand dollars on any house they buy. It's already worth ten to thirty thousand um, dollars more. So we go. You want to tell them a little bit where we go, Wagner? A little bit about yourself. Remember to uh, unmute yourself. Yeah. Sure. So good afternoon, everybody. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Spencer, to be here. Um, as you know, Jean has been in this business for 41 years, so it's really hard to beat uh, that experience, and she's seen a lot of cycles in the industry. So I've been in this business for close to 19 years. I've been developing and developed close to $650 million worth of real estate. Uh, I'm an investor myself. Jean is also an investor herself. So we only work with investors. Our you know core of business is really building new houses, especially for investors. We only work for them. Uh, when I met Gene through a great friend of mine, we had a need collectively. Being an investor, I had a lot of turnkey properties. I did close to 400 turnkey properties and I kept you know, a, a portion of that. And I saw that my capital expenditure was really high. I always had to replace something that broke. So an AC, uh, a water heater, something was always wrong. I tell everybody, it says you can put a brand new heart into a person, but if the veins are still clogged, 
log is not going to work well. So sometimes you can do the best remodeling as you as you are able to, but still an old body. That house is probably 30, 40 years old. So it's going to continue to give you great cash flow, but in reality, you have a huge capital expenditure. So when I'm matching, we had a desire. Let's create what we call a tenant resilient housing. And everybody looks at us and says, is that possible to create something that tenants can destroy or can really affect? And we says, okay, let's try. So we started by changing the flooring. So we don't do any carpet. Everything we do is porcelain tiles on the floors. We do granite countertops, we do hardwood cabinets. Uh, we use already ceiling fans in every bedroom, LED lighting. Uh, we do uh, blinds already included. So the properties, once the investors receive those properties, they are tenant ready. You just get your key and you move in. So uh, I start selling a lot of my properties, doing 1031 exchanges, buying new, and it's really a, a wonderful world having property that it's under warranty. First year on that property, you have a bumper-to-bumper -bumper warrant. You don't have to worry about anything. It's also mandated by the state of Florida that everybody receives a 10-year structure on their property. So a lot of 90, close to 95 or 96% of our clients, they don't come here to Florida. Now we have tools like virtual tours, Matterports. All of our properties are very similar. And they can go actually online from anywhere. We can guide them through a virtual tour. They can take themselves. Um, when I met Shane, uh, you know, we... Some people are, are um, uh, a match made in heaven. So we start working together. We developed this beautiful partnership, which is the Realty Doctors. And we, we have been serving close to 400 properties a year now as far as properties are concerned. Another great thing that we have done is uh, Tommy, her son from the Realty Matics, he has close to 1,200 properties under management. Uh, our retention rates for clients are huge. Uh, tenants stay in between three and four years because that's a new property. They take a lot of pride on unwrapping the toilet, cooking their first meal, taking their first shower. It's a brand new house. They have that sense of ownership of that property. And at the end of the day, that reflects. So last year alone, we out of 1,200 properties, we only had seven evictions. So we are 99.7% eviction free which is quite amazing right selecting the right tenants placing them at that property is really key you can have the best property but if you don't have a good tenant that's not going to help you so how do we choose the locations where we sell that's a question we get all the time so we're now building in three different locations central florida is very vast and it goes from east to west so starting on the east which is right on the atlantic we have I-95. I-95 is an interstate that connects Miami all the way up through Maine. That's a free, there's no tows. And right in the central Florida area, we have a couple of very important cities. One of them being Melbourne, the second one being Palm Bay. A very smart mayor in the year 2008, he saw that you know business was not as usual. We were going through not a recession, but a depression. And he says, okay, I need to do something for my city. So the city of Melbourne at that time, they start giving incentives to tech companies to establish themselves there. And the city was actually paying their rent for one or two years. Well, as you can see, maybe, you know, 12 years later, they have over 400 tech companies. If you move up a little bit north towards Port Canaveral and Titusville, we have NASA. We have SpaceX is right there. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Sir Richard Branson, all those brilliant minds are coming here. And that's why we went there. You know, a lot of tech people, 
they need places to live and they want new, they want the best, they want the modern contemporary look, they want everything fresh, a lot of, you know, natural lighting to the houses. And they usually stay here for three or four year contracts. They're not gonna buy a house long-term. So we are really captivating a lot of those opportunities. Palm Bay is a very hot area for us right now. And those are the main drivers. Um, you know, SpaceX, all this space program is really going well. And as Jim had said, you know, in 1979, a calculator could cost you a thousand dollars. Now everybody has it on their cell phone. Maybe today, for you to go to space is a cup, you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Maybe by my grandkids, it's gonna cost us a, you know, just like going to uh, on a bus ride, maybe fifteen bucks. Who knows what it's gonna cost? But the future is much bigger than that. Geographically. Port Canaveral is one of the only places we can send them in into the moon in the United States because of the proximity with the equator. So it's not going anywhere, right? It's, it's some things we just can't change. Moving a little bit west, if you jump on I-4, I-4 is a road that connects Daytona Beach, the East Coast, all the way up to Tampa, St. Petersburg area. So I-4 is also a major corridor for us. So you have Deltona, you have Kissimmee Poinciana area, you have Tampa, St. Petersburg, Lakeland, Polk County. Who is there? What's going on around that area? You have Amazon distribution centers in almost every corner. That's a huge hub for distribution. So you have Medline, which is one of the largest hospital providers in the country. You have Warren Buffett investing in a huge logistics uh, area there, over 600 acres. You have Nucor Steel, which is one of the largest steel companies in the country. You have LG, the South Korean technology company now, uh, building what they call the Neo City. They're investing $500 million to build a technology city to become their headquarters. Um, in that area, we have Poinciana Kissimmee. Active as of April 29, we had 17,000 available jobs in that area. So everybody's talking about unemployment, how bad things are. Well, I don't want to tell anything about two Californias and all your client, clients, Spencer, but we haven't felt you know that much here yet. Prices of the houses are still really strong. We're selling, we're leasing properties. We're leasing so much that we saw in the month of April a 25% increase in tenant application compared to 2019. We also saw that rents are going up. People are evading multifamily. Nobody wants to press the same elevator button as their neighbor anymore. They want a quarter of an acre brand new single family home. So we have seen a trend. Things are changing, you know. This is probably gonna be our new norm. Um, uh, moving a little bit more towards the north uh, west part of Florida. Hey, hey Wagner. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's great. We'll we'll get to some of the more details a little bit later. Sure. I, I also want to get kind of Jamie's input on this because, Jamie, if you can share with the audience, you know, I've seen it on, on your post. I mean, you, you deal all spectrums of clients, some, I suppose, ultra rich, uh, wealthy people. So I'm curious, can you share to the audience, you know, maybe the, the low the low end in, in your area versus maybe some of the most expensive listings you have done. And also moving forward or what you have seen, at least in the last two months, um, have you, you know, has, has any of those specific sub markets changed and how do you look at that? And then we'll go back to the team in Florida after. Yeah. Um, so I definitely work with a pretty big price range. Um, Right now, my most expensive listing is um, 15.9 million in Beverly Hills. 
Um, I have like the not more like average price points is like around one to three million in LA. Um, and then we have the condos that are mostly like 500 to a million, one five. Um, and um, like last year, the, the lowest price property I sold was like in the 300,000s. It was a studio apartment in West Hollywood. Um, so I definitely work with a really big price range and a lot of different clientele from different walks of life. Um, in terms of how the market has changed in the last few weeks and months, um, I would say that March was one of our like greatest months in a long time. Um, we did uh, so many sales. Um, I mean, I know you guys sell like 400 properties a year. But I don't nearly sell that many, but I closed six deals in um, March, which is like amazing for me. Um, I, I'm usually doing like maybe three a month. So it was a great month. And then it came to a screeching halt. Um, as soon as the stay at home order came in place on March 21st, at first in California, we were non-essential. So we were not allowed to do any showings, any business whatsoever. Um, a few weeks, maybe like a week or so later, they came out with the policy that we can show um, vacant homes. If we sign all these disclosures, we can do virtual showings, but that was only in certain cities. And then the city of Los Angeles actually made their own more strict guidance saying that we can't do anything at all. Then probably like a week later, they amended it again. It just keeps changing, you know. Um, so finally, as of now, we are able to start showing properties again, no open houses. And um, but we can do private showings with all the disclosures signed. Everyone has to wear masks, gloves, shoe covers, only two people in the home at once, um, one agent at a time at once. So it's been um, difficult. It's starting to pick up a little bit in the last week or so. I, I really noticed the difference because, I mean, like literally my, I don't get any calls on my listings and then it suddenly starts changing, right? So you really, really do feel the difference. Um, in the last week, it's picked up slightly. Um, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll continue to see that trend in the next week. But it's really hard to say right now. Um, and it's very um, unpredictable. You know, everyone knows that. Um, but it's a crazy time. I mean, um, since the COVID-19 started, the volume of sales in Los Angeles is a fraction of normal. I mean, I've closed one deal since the stay at home. Um, and I'm lucky to have closed that. And it was wild, too, because I did it all virtually. Um, we did a Zoom conference like this where the seller was at home, seller's agent, buyer, and I was at home. And we, the seller walked us through the home via Zoom, and then the buyer felt comfortable enough to make an offer. And of course, during the inspection period, they were able to go inside and view it to make sure they liked it and do their inspection appraisal. But it was wild. I never, as the buyer's agent, they didn't feel it was essential for me to go inside the house physically. I'd close the whole deal without ever going inside. I mean, like I, I did everything via Zoom and virtually um, and try to give my clients the guidance from like outside the house. And it was... Uh, it was difficult, but we got through it. Um, but, you know, there's a lot, I definitely see a lot of challenges ahead in the market, um, especially in the higher end market in L.A. Um, the higher end homes are definitely tough and sitting. You know, people aren't trying to buy 10, 20 million dollar homes right now. They want to see what's happening. Um, it seems like the first time homebuyer type properties in L.A., anything under like a million is still selling very quickly um, and we are still seeing some multiple offers and things like that, but anything in the higher price points is pretty slow. So that's kind of like the update right now in the market and, you know, we'll see where we're headed. Um, everyone is pretty hopeful um, that we won't see too big of a hit on the market, 
Um, I'm, I think as of right now, I think we do see the prices a little bit down, but it's only like a few percent right now. It's not nothing drastic. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when stay at home order is lifted. Once it's lifted, I don't know if there's going to be a flood of new listings because a lot of people took their homes off the market. And so that's what I'm worried about is when there's too much supply, it could cause the prices to drop. So I mean, I'm hopeful and hopefully we won't see that, but you know, it's going to be difficult. And I do think I'm very, um, it's very likely that, you know, we're going to see a disparity in different cities and even within cities in like lower income versus higher income areas. I can see that areas like Beverly Hills might be less affected than areas like South Los Angeles, where we see a lot where all the unemployment is. I mean, Los Angeles right now is estimated to have more than 50% unemployment, but you know, that's obviously concentrated in, you know, certain neighborhoods. And I can see that those neighborhoods are probably going to, you know, get hit a lot harder. Yeah, that's really interesting. On the high end, how long does it usually take for that, like a $15 million property to uh, close usually? And what is that engagement like? Is it some agent calls you and says, hey, like, I want to bring my, you know, superstar VIP client to go see, like, how does that process work? Because I'm sure that's extremely different versus a standard under a million dollar you know, first time buyer house. It definitely takes a long time to sell. It can take years to sell sometimes, um, you know, and it just really obviously with any price, any home, it doesn't matter what price point, it depends on how well you price it, right? So if you price it at market value, it can sell in a week. But if you, but like these properties, people tend to overprice them too, because they're like, well, you know, it's 15 million. People are probably going to offer me 10, you know? So like people want, tend to overprice them too. So they can take a while to sell. Um, the process, I mean, it is more like more or less the same thing, but of course we do a little bit more vetting process to make sure we're showing it to qualified people because you will get like calls from people who are pretending to be someone just to see the house for fun. And you obviously don't want that. It's like a very high security neighborhood, you know, um, it's gated, guard gated. There's a lot of celebrities that live in there. So we have to make sure that the people that we bring in are vetted. So we, we do like, you know, I do Google like the person, make sure I check out who they are, have the agent tell me who they are, make sure that they've been working with them. They've seen proof of funds and that they're probably like a um, like a known agent that does have this type of clientele. And then, you know, we go from there. But in terms of showing and the escrow process, it's really the same thing. You know, I, I like to tell everyone that it really doesn't matter if it's 300,000 or 3 million, you know, to that person, that seller, that buyer, it's the biggest investment of their life. And they're going to treat it the same way. So I always have to treat it the same way too. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. And so Gene and Wagner out in, um, in your area, I know you mentioned, uh, things have been still moving along. It doesn't seem like it's got affected good or bad per se. There might be maybe more a flee to that area as real estate, maybe a safe haven for some. Um, and Gene, especially I want to hear from you. you, you went through so many of these, uh, you know, cycles and, you know, the last one was brutal from the real estate perspective, especially in Florida. How does this one feel right now where we're at um, versus the others? I'd love to get your take on that. Jamie, really, uh, you brought up some really good points. We don't have the supply we had back in 2007, 2008. In fact, in Florida, we have 16% less supply than we really need. So probably back then we had 20% more than we really needed. So that's really, when you put that 20 and the 16, that's 36% that does, isn't there anymore. So we don't have enough houses. We also 
we had um, before this happened, we had a thousand people moving to our area every week or every day, about 10,000 a week. Well, I think it's more now because before I, I can only imagine if you lived in what we call a, a, a state where you have a state income tax. And then they hear about, you know, most people don't even know that some states don't have state income tax. So all of a sudden they, and there's another point I'm going to make. Some people don't know that some states don't have state income tax. So when you come to Florida and you buy a house, okay, or you have a job, if you make $100,000, you only pay federal income tax. You don't pay another 10 to 13% out of your paycheck for state income tax. That's number one. That's really really important. So I think there's a lot of people that live up north or live in a place that they always wanted to move that lost their jobs. They are here now. Okay. They are coming down. I counted today. I took a bike ride and I saw Maryland. I saw uh, Pennsylvania. I saw uh, Illinois, Ohio. These are the license plates I've seen. So there definitely can still drive in. You can stay home or you can drive in. So that's really what's happening. And, um, the other thing is we do find that, um, you know, look, we are not, um, we're all working in our own houses, correct? So you didn't get up today and go into an office that you're paying extra rent for and all that. Really, a realtor, I always say to people when they send me a, a registered letter that I have to sign, I said, I'm a realtor. That Federal Express truck cannot catch me. I'm in my car. So you, can, you know, you're just not in an office. You're not sitting there. And that's exactly what Jamie was saying, you, you know, but we have this great thing is that all our houses are new. And in Florida, uh, rentaling, renting is essential. So we can't stop renting. We have to get these things rented. People need a place to rent. So what we think we're seeing is that people um, don't want to be in multifamily, you know, the bigger ones. Um, they don't want to, as Wagner said, touch that uh, elevator button and see everybody else. They're really, they are confined here because the pools are closed and all that. Whereas if where I'm sitting, I'm on the seashore, my house is on the water and right in front of me is like the promenade. So for the last eight weeks, I've watched people that I've never seen before in front of my house go back and forth twice a day. Everybody's getting in shape. They look a little happier. Did you know that the um, air is 40% cleaner now since this eight? To worldwide, that's an amazing thing. So, you know, and I always say to everybody, um, we are cheap and cheerful. My Tesla or or my hybrid is a, a, a golf cart I paid $4,000 for and plug it in. So we use golf carts here. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but that's how we get around. We go to the store, we, we do it, whatever we're doing. So there's a lot of things that we're doing. And one of the things, Jamie, that I thought was so good about what you said, you know, you said you were explaining a house to somebody over the, we do that every day. So we'll have a, this Zoom, I'm telling you, this, go to WebEx. Oh, these people, these people are amazing. And it's all free. Isn't that amazing? So um, we do that all the time. We'll do them, do a, a, you know, show them a house, show them the area, but they never come here. And as Spencer knows, 99.9% .9 of the people that ever have bought from me, I've never met. They buy, they sell, they do it again. Or realtors that work with me in different parts, they sell, send me somebody and, you know, they've not seen the houses. It doesn't matter. It's, it's well, in, in our, our, our 
uh, situation. It's, it's what's on a piece of paper. And what I try to get to people like you, you guys are all young. If you just, you know, these little $200,000 houses, and now we have $160,000 houses. That's kind of crazy, right? Could you guys imagine a three-bedroom, two-bath with a um, two-car garage on a quarter of an acre for 160 grand that now rents for 1400 1500 <laughs> You know, it's just crazy. But um, we, will, we do see a change, absolutely a change. Uh, we see that investors are, uh, or not investors, any human being, any human being that wants to, you know, we don't all, you, you don't even get a gold watch anymore. You don't, you know, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get uh, a company that's going to give you a retirement. So you got to do it yourself. And this is a wonderful way because in 20 years, that 30 years, Oh, I wanted to tell you one other thing that most people don't know. And I know Spencer knows this. The only place in the world, the only country in the world that you can get a 30-year fixed loan is the United States. And that's why people from overseas were so thrilled back when they could get their 30-year fixed loan here. But we don't change. We are the only place you can get a 30-year fixed loan. So if you make your right decision at the beginning of your life, like you guys are, and invest, it's very nice that you're going to you're, you're going to live in a beautiful place. And that's probably going to be the, the one thing that you own that's going to make the most for you. Just kind of just because like Jamie sells it to you and then she comes back in 20 years and it's worth a whole lot more. But those little investments that you make, that's what's going to really get you uh, a very nice retirement. I think it's very interesting because I, I remember comparing that with like the Canadian, like just the neighbors up north of what kind of loan programs they have. And it's it's not the same. And most countries are are not the same. So they look at the American financial instruments and it's it's a very positive thing, especially when it comes to real estate. And the other interesting thing is when I bought properties out of state, I also never went to my properties ever. Mm -hmm. I trusted, and you have to trust anyways, the agent, the property management there. And uh, otherwise, it actually damages your cash flow anyways, right? It's a total mm -hmm. calculation. So it's really interesting to share that. And, and you guys have been doing it with this virtual call Zoom for a lot longer. Jamie, I know you mentioned when you did the transaction during the shelter-in-place. The question is, do you think that's going to be happening more as in more people are going to have to be either just comfortable in doing that's the way that's going to be or um you know, i'd love to hear like how you see just the experience change now there's no more open houses so yeah. i'd love to hear the journey how that changes it's interesting to see what happens um you know i have sold properties to and like foreign investors before virtually through like video and facetime but obviously i was able to go inside the property and see it myself right this time was kind of weird it was like opposite like i wasn't inside but my clients did get to see it um so like, um, but I, I think it'll be a while before we can have open houses again, honestly. Um, and I do think that it's going to change a little bit. I think that people are going to be more selective on how many houses they see. Um, you know, before my clients wanted to see every house just to make sure, you know what I mean? But now I think they're going to narrow it down. Like, you know, this one I can drive by, narrow it down, look at the pictures online. Now that they all have virtual tours, we're doing Matterport tours for everything. You can really get a good idea of whether or not you need to see it in person or not. And like by the time you decide that you want to see it in person, you're almost like 50, 75% of the way interested already, right? You just need to see it in person and make sure it's not like a 
uh, photoshopped or like a scam, right? So like, um, I do think that it'll change in that I don't think we'll need to hopefully show like a million properties to each person anymore. I think they'll be able to narrow it down a little bit more. Um, and um, I do think that, you know, when Matterport tours first came out, like a few years ago, we did a few of them and then people didn't really use them and then it just phased out. But now, you know, everyone is doing it. We have to do it for every listing. I just feel like the video and the the, the virtual tour is is going to be more important than ever for a while, you know, and for sure. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I, if you think about in the past, if a client can just go to open houses on their own or you can go open houses with them, you know, they can hit up four, five, six houses a day uh, pretty easily on the weekends. But then now, if it's the way that it is, especially in California, I mean, everything's by appointment only. Yeah, we have so, a separate disclosure for every single property. Yeah. And it's a lot, yeah. It's just a lot more coordination. Do you think just things are a lot slower in that process? Because their discovery is a lot slower now, right? Because it could, in the past, it could just go around the neighborhood, see a few open houses, and they're like, I have a kind of an idea. But if they're doing what you're saying, and they're doing a lot of research up front, but that going to see the property is very limited. Maybe they do one or two a week now. So it's yeah. it's a lot slower. Like how do you how do you see that? The inventory is very slow. I think it's gonna start I do feel like this week is gonna start picking up a little bit. I think um with the announcements of that things are gonna be opening up, Governor Newsom did um, announce that some of the retail is gonna start opening up for curbside pickup. However, in Los Angeles, Mayor Garcetti said not for LA. Um, so, but like just news like that, hearing that some parts are doing a little better, I think gives people the courage to go outside and see homes. And I think they understand now that like viewing a home with your mask on, everyone's wearing masks, they sign a disclosure, there's two people in the house, it's a lot safer than going to the grocery store, right? So, I mean, if you need to buy or sell real estate, it is what it is. I mean, you follow the rules and you do it as safely as you can, you know? And it is what it is. We have to just go with the flow at this point. It's, I, I just, I'm just telling everyone we have to just take it day by day because every day is changing, you know? Right. And so Gina Wagner, what is the protocol right now for, I know many are not seeing it in person, but the people that may see it in person, what are the guidelines in place? And it's interesting because you, you've already been doing these virtual calls and people are not are buying it sight unseen, but how do you guys see your business change? Um, with this, or is it the same? Well, Wagner, do you want to answer? I think I can just say, I think it's, I think it's making the um, real estate agent much more valuable. So they, um, you know, people, and I remember when I used to do owner occupants and you'd go out for days with somebody, they're looking at a half a million dollar house or a million dollar house. And then all of a sudden they called up, I went into an open house. Oh my gosh, you know, did you tell them that was your realtor? So that's number one. I think it's gonna make you much more important. I think you, you deserve to be more important because this is the biggest uh, investment that owner occupants are gonna ever make in their life. And they're probably gonna make more money on that owner occupant uh, house than anything else they do. They can work forever. but. In, in 20 years, if you have an owner-occupant house, you've got to make some good money. And so that's just the way it happens. Your house, normally where you live is not an investment. It's where you live. And I think it will be much better for, for anybody that's doing owner-occupant. For us as, um, um, as 
what we do, this whole thing has just pointed out to people that you have to have a little bit of everything. You can't be completely invested in gold and silver, and you can't be completely invested in the stock market, and you can't be completely invested in your own self. And what comes up, what's made more people comfortable in life for the long haul is real estate. And real estate just probably there isn't a piece of real estate you can go back 50 years that isn't worth at least twice as much today. You know, it really, that's just the fact of real estate. So it is something that people really have to look at and change what they're doing and not be afraid. I, I have people, you know, first time investors, sometimes they take a little bit longer and then I'll go, so what are you worried about? You're buying a house with $20,000 worth of equity. So if something happens, and that's why I like what we do. Wagner and I decided that's the way we do because I don't want to sell anybody a house at market value anymore because you never know what's going to happen. But if you have $10,000, $20,000 worth of equity to start off with, wow, and it's new. And what Wagner was saying, Wagner, tell them what happens to an old house when, you're, when you have it. The property manager and the condition of the house are the most important thing that you have to look at because you buy an old house, it'll need a new roof, It'll need a new water heater. It'll need this, that, everything. You have a new house. Yeah, you got good 18 years sailing. Roger, do you want to add something? Um, I, I felt that people are more aware and they care more about each other. Uh, at least on our job sites, I see that everybody that works, we limit the amount of people inside of a residence, even the workers. We have three, four, five people max in, in one house working at the same time. They all wear gloves, masks, alcohol gel. So we are more concerned about their safety and the safety of their families. I see that people are a little bit more compassionate. I think every change is great as long as we're willing to accept it. One of the things our builders are doing right now, we bought ozone treatment machines. So before the tenants move in, we will do a treatment, uh, ozone treatment in the house. So making sure it's sterile um, and there's no contaminants in the house. So we are adapting. I think the, the answer is Jean has been in this business for 41 years. She's seen almost anything, and I'll bet you she didn't expect a coronavirus. Uh, so we will always learn, as long as we're willing to change and adapt, caring about our investors, our clients, and our tenants, we're on the right way. Um, Robert Kiyosaki, which wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I mean, once you can buy a house that can build equity, cash flow, and you can do a home equity line a few years later, cash that out, buy another house. That's what we called infinite return, right? So I semi-retired in 2016 myself, and I'm only 41 years old in real estate. So I believe in this. I do this because I really believe it made myself uh, a lot easier, changed my life and the life of my family. And Gene is the same thing. So we don't preach what we don't do. So we really believe in the real estate market. I don't believe in the stock market. I think, you know, it's very volatile. There's a lot of uh, unknown facts that uh, uh, I'm not Warren Buffett to really read it between the lines. So I like real assets. I really love real assets. Even if it's a piece of land, it's a new property. It's somebody that is paying your mortgage for you as a tenant. I'm all for it. Uh, but I think people care more. We care about our neighbor. We care about our friends. We care about our family, our clients. We want to make sure they're protected. So I think this coronavirus came to teach us something. And hopefully this is, you know, we got to be a little bit more human and uh, care about our neighbors, care about our families, care about our, 
co-workers or investors a little bit more. And I think that's what I personally took. And real estate is the way to go. I still believe on that. I went through the depression in 2008. We're going through a little crisis right now, a little recession, uh, which in Florida, uh, one of our friends, Gene and I, and he says, the Sun Belt is where you should invest. So do not invest where the sun doesn't shine. Very interesting. Very interesting. And so, Jamie, I, I, there's several ways to look at what's going on right now, at least here in California. Right. You mentioned uh, March was a phenomenal month six. And it's, it's interesting. I'll, I'll make a comment on this as well for Gina Wagner. Anytime any of us in California look at any of the numbers that people do outside of here, it's crazy. Like, I, I don't even I can't even think of how you do 400 a year. Like, it doesn't even make sense. You must right? have 300 hours a week of work. <laughs> Or something. I don't, yeah, like logistically, even if I want to cash in 400 checks, I, I don't even know if I can do that. That's like crazy, right? So all day just to cash the check. <laughs> so in general, just the scale is phenomenal. And, and there's always a lot of things that for us, we can learn from that. Because for somebody to have an operation of 400 a, a year, even if it's a dollar each, it doesn't matter. It's still crazy in terms of operations. So uh, for Jamie, I know things are, were slower. I mean, still being able to do one in the last month and a half is, is not bad. I'm sure you still have plenty of buyers and sellers just kind of on the fence. But what have you been doing just from a day-to-day -day perspective that you weren't doing just two months ago? Yeah, I've, um, you know what, I've been trying to reach, uh, do a lot of um, more branding of myself. Um, I, my business has turned into a business that is mostly through referrals, um, through my referral networks um, from agents from other states, friends and family. So now I'm just trying to build my personal brand and market myself instead of like paying for leads or just trying to market for market for leads. I'm just trying to market myself. So I'm doing like a ton of these webinars, um, just reaching out to people, posting on social media. I try to text like everyone I know just to check in on them and see how they're doing. Um, and you know, it's generated a lot new, a lot of new buyers and sellers that are ready when we're able to return back to normal. And I've just connected with a lot of my high school friends, college friends, and you know, people that are kind of been hesitant to buy and they might see like an upcoming opportunity. So that's what I've been working on. And then, um, you know, I think it's a good time for agents to work on all the things that they didn't have time to work on before. So whether that's redoing your website, blogging, you know, like I used to blog and I used to actually get leads from it all the time, but I just got too busy and I stopped doing it for like the last few years and I really want to get back into it. But it's hard to sit down for like a few hours and write a page blog post, right? That's like relevant. But things like that, um, you know, it does return business to you and you do have to invest your time into yourself. So I think um, just working on myself and also just also making sure that I'm staying healthy and my morale is up is also really important right now too, you know? Got it. And Gina Wagner, can you actually share your structure? Because I mean, like I said, 400 a, a units a year is just crazy. And so, you know, what is your team makeup? And then as you guys look just ahead, where do you guys see more opportunities um, that may be the same of what you're doing as in scale or maybe other types of assets? Um, I don't know if Wagner, what would you like to share, but uh, Wagner just joined me about a year ago. And so up until then, really, I was doing about 200, 220 units myself and by myself. And I would have, um, 
I have one person who helped me do cash flow sheets, the old time cash flow sheets, right? So, um, but it, it wasn't, um, I don't know how to explain it. it. It wasn't like hard. It was just a lot of hours. And you have to like people and you have to like to talk on the phone and you have to, you know, just get it done. Well, now when, um, and I was working with um, two builders and that's how I met Wagner. I put all of my uh, effort into finding builders that wanted to work with me. And that was something that's very important for what I do. And I really uh, modeled it after a, a good friend of mine in Oklahoma name is Joe Pryor. I know that you know him, Spencer. And that's what he did. He said, okay, this is too hard. First of all, if you go to a national builder, the costs are amazing because they make you pay your their closing costs and everything. So closing costs that when you buy from us are $3,000 with a national builder, after you pay theirs and all their fees, it could be $13,000. So that was a big savings. So I looked for that. I had um, two, and that's how I felt, met Wagner. And then Wagner and uh, and I found some others. So we have builders. We don't have, we're trying to, which I love what you said, Jamie, we're trying to brand ourselves and have different um, um, products. Like for example, this tenant proof house. So we will ask all the builders to build a similar house now, and eventually it will become one model because we only do infill lots. We do not uh, do what we call uh, planned communities. In a planned community, you might have 500 houses and they're on 40 or 50 foot lots. We do a whole quarter of an acre lot. And that's why it's really good for young people because in a quarter of an acre is okay now, but I'm telling you in 30 years, quarter of an acre is going to be worth a lot of money. And uh, we only do um, uh, uh, houses that are made out of uh, concrete block. We try to do everything. And because they're new, they are built to 2020 code. That's important. And when you get insurance for these houses in the central Florida, which does have hurricanes, mind you, your insurance is less than, it's about $43 a month. Now, if that was a 20-year-old house, your insurance would probably be at $18,000 a year instead of $525 a year. It's because it's up to code. They, you don't need storm shutters anymore. These windows can take up to 140 miles an hour hitting something, hitting it. So, you know, it's all good. But, um, you know, Wagner, did you want to add something? Yeah, um, I think Jim is right. Our team is not that big, believe it or not. What we really invested in is technology. So we created a website that is almost like Amazon. You can select <laughs> our one hour website, and you click on checkout and add your cart, you fill it up the information, we're gonna send you a contract. So sales for us is to be really hard. How can you do you know 40 contracts, 50 contracts a month? Right now, automation is the key of success. So we invested a lot in technology. Our website, you know, you can find the property, you can see a cash flow sheet, you can do a virtual tour, Matterport, and you can add your cart and check out. You know, you're gonna receive a contract within 24 hours. You're gonna get introduced to your title company, to your insurance, to your property manager, and we're done. We're gonna get the house completed and we're gonna go for closing. We're gonna, you know, advise you on who we recommend this for as the loan officer could be for you, which is the right one that works exclusively with investors. If you have your own, that's also fine. 
we will negotiate insurances for you so you can save on that. So, you know, we cut months, if not years on the investment side, just by that knowledge that we have built in. So I think the key to success nowadays, Spencer, is as much hands on we got to be, but we got to be automated. You got to have technology right now, especially dealing with a lot of Californians ourselves. A lot of our clients are doctors, they're tech people. They're very used to going to Amazon and utilizing that system. So that has made a difference. Uh, I got introduced to Gene by a, a huge developer friend of mine. He builds in the billions. Um, I'm very small compared to him, but you know, I saw in Gene uh, uh, something that as an investor, I always look for, which is actually that one turnkey component. How can I find a place to invest that it's safe, that cash flows, that has equity, that appreciates and make my life easier? I don't have to find an insurance company. I don't have to find a property management. So our team is not that big, believe it or not, even though the builders we work with, they have several tens of hundreds of people working for them, and they're not national, they work on an exclusively basis for us. So our team is actually very, it's more of a family instead of a team. The other thing is that we have a lot of partners like yourselves. We have realtors all over the United States that, um, you know, people invest where they are to begin with. And then when they sell, they find out, especially in California and um, high price things, they can take a million dollars and come here and buy eight houses, maybe eight houses. And, uh, you know, that's it, even paying cash, eight houses. So they're going to get themselves at least, I don't know what it would be, $1,200, $1,500 a month. That's pretty good as compared to one investment in one place. So um, our partners and that help us are realtors, they're uh, investment groups throughout the United States, and uh, we partner up with them. And so there is two parts of a transaction. Still, they have the buyers and, and we have uh, we have the product. So we all work together harmoniously and it really has worked out really much better than I could ever, ever had imagined. So that's interesting about that uh, tech tool and product that you guys have. Is that a, a product that you guys created yourself from scratch? Is it like licensed somewhere? Can you tell me about that? So yes, we hired a company um, to build exclusively for us. Uh, the system, it has taken a lot of money and time and uh, it's not even there yet where we want it to be, but it's much more integrated. It's integrating already with our CRM system to our Slack, to all the systems that we utilize. But eventually in a very near future, our contracts are gonna be fully automated. So by the time that you check out on the house, you're gonna be receiving a FARBAR, which is a Florida Realtors Association standard contract, pretty much your new email for signing through .loop or DocuSign pretty much immediately. So that's gonna make a whole world of difference. We try to keep everything very simple. I think that's also the key. Try to make everything simple, not hard for your investors, but automation has helped us tremendously to succeed and to do the numbers that we're looking to do. You might have to uh, license that to the rest of the country because we may need something like that so we can do 400 a year. <laughs> I bet you could do it. You know, we don't, one thing I wanted to say is, you know, it's a little bit different. And sometimes you have to really um, explain to people, you're never going to live in this house. It does not matter. Does not matter that, you know, the refrigerator is in this spot and you would have liked it in that spot. What I've seen, truthfully, is people that come and they get emotionally involved in the purchase, I would say 75% of the, 
of the time they make the wrong person to purchase them because they don't buy the cookie cutter house that 99% of the people want. And they, you know, they want something different. And I, I feel for you, Jamie, because, you know, they go into this beautiful house and everything is so gorgeous. And they say, I don't like the color. Well, look, if you're going to pay 15 million, if you can even pay a million, you're going to change the color. It doesn't matter. Right. But that's really hard to tell them. But when you're buying an investment, I always say to people, there's only one thing that matters. Location, location, location. And it's, it's just, you know, everybody always says that in real estate, but until you really get down in the nitty gritty, that's it. And in this market, we not only have location, because we have three locations that we're building in now, and the jobs are amazing, but we also have the fact that we have these silly, silly interest rates, silly interest rates. And I can remember in 79, 80, 81, they were up to 18 and 24%. People were still buying, right? So, you know, we have silly and we have 30-year fixed loans. So I keep telling everybody you can have 10 of them. Your wife can have 10 of them or your husband can have 10 of them. My family can have 10 of these silly loans. There's no better way you could do it. No better way. And I want to tell you, I feel sorry for my grandchildren because they are going to pay the cost of this huge amount of money that the government has just given out. And I hope that people that took it use it well. And if they don't use it, they pay it back or give it back because this is really bad. So this year, and I told, um, I tell a lot of my customers, I'm buying one little house for each of my grandchildren. So I could give them, I could, you know, these houses are like, I don't know, it's going to cost 30,000. They're little houses. Okay. Three bedrooms, two baths, one car garage, 1500 square feet on a quarter of an acre. But if I give them that $30,000 or whatever it's going to cost, yeah, what's it going to be worth in 20 years? If you go to the cost of money and just get an interest rate, it's nothing. But you put that $30,000 in a house now, and that house goes from 150 grand to 300 grand, and it's paid for in 30 years. See, that's the difference. Somebody paid that off too. So that's a wonderful gift you can give your kids. That's your college tuition, right, Jane? Pardon? That's our college tuition right there. It depends mm -hmm. where you go to, but almost. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so the location, location, location aspect is very interesting because a lot of things will change, at least here in California, where a lot of a lot of the areas are very dense. So, Jamie, do you see any consumers right now, or is it too early, where we, we have the concept of uh, – let me – we had the concept of maybe perhaps condos are less in demand because of proximity, but not just that. What about like central LA or downtown LA, which I know has been booming. Do you think that will change now that people may want to be further apart? Any, any guidance or is it just too early right now? Um, you know, it is pretty early to tell, but what I've been seeing, I think that downtown LA is going to be affected um, more than the west side of LA. Um, in the west side of LA, it's not super dense. Um, like in Beverly Hills, Westwood, um, it's it's. I mean, of course, it's a, still a city, but it's not like what you imagine LA to be. It's more like suburban type feel. But in downtown, obviously, it's pretty dense. Um, in the last year or two, I've seen a little bit, actually, a little bit of a drop in prices downtown, even. Um, I think it's just because they've been building so much in downtown LA. Um, LA is a really interesting place because 20 years ago when I was 
growing up, like we never went to downtown LA. The only time I went, I think my entire childhood was once to get my passport or something like that. It's like, it was too dangerous to go. It was scary. Um, we just didn't go there. But now it's like a nice place. You know, the, the condos are selling for a thousand a foot. It's crazy that it happened so fast. Um, you know, like in 2007, the recession, you can get a condo there for like 200,000. Now they're worth like 800. It's, it's amazing. So like, it, I think it just went up too fast. And then now there's like all these developers from around the world building like high rises and they want it to be the new San Francisco or New York, but like LA, that's like the only place in LA that's that dense. And so, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Cause I definitely see that people, you know, are enjoying their outdoor space and things like that. Um, I think in, even in like the suburban neighborhoods, like in Orange County and in um, the Eastern part of LA, um, definitely the condos are moving really slowly and the houses are still moving as long as they're priced well. And if they're priced a little bit discount, then they're like snatched up right away. Um, but in the West side of Los Angeles, just because, I mean, you can't buy a house that's not a teardown unless it's over 2 million, like a $1 million house in the West side of Los Angeles is over a hundred years old. A lot's like 4,000 square feet and it's a complete teardown. So, I mean, like you can't really get into the single family market and have a backyard unless you're putting down two, $3 million. So, you know, you still don't have a choice. You still have to live in a condo. You know what I mean? So the first time home buyers and the young couples, they're, they're still going to buy condos and townhouses. So it's not so much on. So I think it's very different in every area for sure. Got it. So let's go ahead and uh, wrap things up. Uh, thank you guys so much for your feedback. I, I've definitely learned a lot and I'm sure the audience has learned a lot. Uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you all? I'll get, I'll let Jamie go first and then Gina Wagner, you guys can share um, how people can get in touch with you guys. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. If you just Google my name, all of my websites will come up, but you can, um, my phone, my name, if you want to contact me directly by phone, my, my phone number is everywhere. So it's 310-717-1321. My email is just my first and last name at gmail.com. And then my Instagram handle is just my first and last name as well. So those are probably the easiest ways to get a hold of me. Awesome. Wonderful. And Gina Wagner. So the easiest way to reach out is on our website. It's www.realty-doctors.com. My personal cell phone is 305-684-2222. Um, my email is my first name at realty-doctors.com. Uh, believe it or not, I don't know Jean's cell phone. So I'm going to let her tell you. Well, I can tell you that the probably the easiest way for, for me is that you get in touch with Spencer. And uh, Spencer will get in touch with me. We've known each other for a long time. Um, and of course, Jamie, same thing. If you have people, just get in touch with them first. Come on our website. If you you know need help, uh, our, our telephone numbers are there. It's www.realty-doctors.com. And we'll go through it with you. We would like to know where you came from. So when you come in there, and if you, you know, some people will be listening and somebody will just go, I want one of those. Please put down where you heard us from so we can go back to Spencer or we can her go back to Jamie and say thank you very much. And um, that's what we like to do. That's what we feel we do as a, a, a real estate family. Uh, we, we, we acknowledge each other and we take care of each other. And then also you have that extra added thing because you already have a relationship with your realtor 
um, they will cape on us because if you don't like something or we mess up something, we sometimes do that, or we just, you know, go too quickly, they'll come back to us and say they need this or they need that. So it's really a good thing to do is to come through your family. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So we'll get this wrapped up. Uh, maybe one last housekeeping item. So next week we will have uh, two great realtors coming from the Sacramento and the Reno region. So tune in for that for next week's uh, interview. But thank you guys all for attending. This was a lot of fun, learned a lot, and uh, looking forward to catch up, hopefully in person, whenever we can. Have a good one. Nice meeting you, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Nice meeting you guys. <laughs>